0: A lot of the times it's like someone comes for one thing and they're like, I just need SEO or I just need ads or I need like influencer marketing or just all these pieces. And when you dig into the business, you realize, Hey, there's no bottle funnel strategy. There's no email marketing done. No. Yeah. We send out some flows. Okay. Then what do you do afterwards? Oh, we send one newsletter out a month. There's no strategy on this. You're spending all this money on this top of funnel to bring people in and collect their emails, but you haven't even segmented it. Probably you're not even targeting people properly.
1: Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCEO
2: podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Baydad Jim Sheedy. Baydad, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, super excited to have you on. And of course, before we jumped into having a great interview, I want to read a little bit more about Baydad so you can hear about some of those awesome things. And Baydad started C-Jam Marketing after realizing that most business owners don't know how to evaluate the value of a marketing agency or assess their own needs. Since every business is is different, not only in their needs, but where they're at in their growth process, it isn't a one-size-fits-all. In the past four years, Baydad, or B, has met with and assessed 710-plus marketing. Agencies and vetted them down to a lean 90. Preferred partners across all marketing niches. After pairing hundreds of businesses with the right partners, he's found his skill set lies in the matchmaking process. Featured in MarketWatch, Bloomberg, National Post, and the Financial Post, B's unique background in marketing, engineering, consulting, leadership, sales, and strategy has allowed him to serve as a conduit between business owners and their marketing needs. And I absolutely love the concept that B's been working on. It's really cool and being like the Tinder or the Match.com for marketing and the business owners. But one of the cool things I was listening to during his interview was how he actually built and grew everything. He had his full-time job, if I understand correctly, as he was growing it. And I think a lot of times you don't see the behind the scenes on what it takes to really grow something and what that looks like. So excited to hear about that. Even more excited to have you on. B, are you ready to speak to the IAM community? I oh, am. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get it started then. So to kick everything off, what I wanted to do was just rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more about that story, that CEO story. We'll let you get started.
0: No, absolutely. So as you uh, alluded to, so I, I used to work full-time as an engineer, uh, a sales engineer uh, for a company in Canada. It was called TELUS. And so uh, I was working with mid-market companies, anywhere from about 50 to a thousand type employer range, talking to C-level executives, talking to IT, understanding like what's going on in businesses and then building out roadmaps. Uh, like how do you get from A to B to C? And so that's where a lot of like my business consulting, sales, leadership, and technology experience came from. And then on the side, I was building out my business and now I'm up going up about five years of doing the business, but basically three and a half, four of those years was, was between doing the full-time job and the marketing. And I started building out websites, Google Ads. I got to a point where I really just didn't enjoy doing ADR uh, websites on the weekend. I was making too much money as a sales engineer to do that. So I started finding partners to work with. And as you talked about it, marketing agencies didn't understand business and business people didn't understand marketing. Massive gap in the middle and I thought, what if I was able to bridge that gap? And originally, I thought I could find like ten partners and just help a lot of businesses. As you talked about, I'm actually at 726 now marketing agencies and partners that I've met over the last five years, and I basically like kept that list about 90 plus that I work with across all facets of marketing, from fractional CMOS to branding websites and all that stuff. So. It took a long time to build out this network.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I love just hearing about your story and the journey. Again, they, they say the secrets of the overnight success is it takes ten or fifteen years. You don't see all the behind the scenes things that are happening, the conversations, all the drilling down sure, and making sure that you're making those right fit and those right connections. So absolutely like love hearing that. So is it like a really long, thorough process that you go through to find those I guess those, I don't know if the people that, that get over the, the burning sands that actually make it into your list of preferred vendors. Yeah, it is quite hard to get in because as you do more and more of it, you,
0: I just am able to catch more and more things that I don't like types of people that I want to work with or just like certain things that people say around like their agency or how they run their business or that kind of stuff. But also, it gets easier on the other side where you know people who say the right things. And it's not just about saying the right things, but like truly seeing that. Like today, for example, I was talking to a fractional CMO. 25 years experience, has done everything from the ground up, started three of her own businesses, has an MBA, just talks about marketing in the way where, okay, she knows the end to end piece. And it's very rare to find fractionals like that, that can speak that way or think that way. So like over time, yeah, it gets hard, but it's also quite, it gets easier and easier over time because your intuition kicks in a little bit more.
2: Yeah. I, I can't remember who said the quote, but I, I know it's along the lines of the harder I work, the luckier I get. That's what it sounds like You're, because you put in all that time, you start to be able to hear those things that people probably don't even pay attention to or know are like those indicators of, Hey, this is somebody that's really great at what they do. And probably on a deeper level, like you alluded to, it really loves what they do as well. Yeah. It's, it's like finding that passion, that love, like when you find
0: those people that are going to be good or just just hearing things like when an agency goes, yeah, we're like 15 to 20 people and we don't want to grow anymore we just want to work with like 20 customers a year and this is the type of customer we work with. Okay, you've gone through the ring and they've been around for 12 years, right? So they know who they are, they know what they want, they know what they can help support and win at. And you just get excited when you find those partners because if you have a customer coming in, they're going to be happy with that type of partner.
2: It feels good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely feels good. You create a win-win-win scenario where the agency wins, the client wins, of course, and of course you've been able to win as well. So I wanted to, to drill down a little bit more, hear how you're serving clients, how that process works. Could you take us through like how exactly it works, how you're making that impact for the clients you work with? Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: So with customers, I'm always doing my front-end business consulting. So back when I used to work at TELUS, we're dealing with quite large businesses, right? Like $50, $100 million plus. So Most of the businesses that I speak to now are between that one and $30 million range. Yeah, you get some bigger, some smaller, but you can pretty much understand businesses within an hour of what they truly need, right? You don't need to do the long sessions we used to do back in the day. So I always will do that business consulting on the front end to really figure out what a customer actually needs versus what they're telling me they need. And then from there, it's a process of, okay, after I heard what the business needs, I go, this is how I would think about it. And this is the strategy that I would take in terms of the partners that I would look at. And this the the steps that I would take to get the marketing into the right place. And when a customer is on board they go, yeah, that makes sense to me. That's strategic. And I, it's very rare for them to say no, because I've done this so many times at this point that they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And so when I know I can help a customer, that's when I, I charge a front end fee of as a marketing broker engagement. And then I work very similar to a recruiter. So I go and I say, Hey, these are the people that I recommend you chat with. If you end up hiring anyone, I get paid for successfully connecting. Right, and then I make referral fees on the back end for marketing agencies as well because they have their marketing referral model built out too as a part of their sales process. And so, overall, that's like literally how my model works. And so, it's not a big front end cost like most recruiters because I do get paid on the back end, and it's just that marrying of the two that just creates that right balance of using me and you're serious and finding the right partners.
2: Yeah, I, I love how you go, and I think it's deeper as far as like having those conversations and, and knowing exactly like what. That shit would be not even just, hey, these are the personalities that mesh well together. This is actually the strategy that we're thinking of. And you making that connection to saying this is probably the agency or the company or the CMO or whatever it is, a fractional, whatever it is that could kind of, which is the biggest thing, execute on what that strategy is. Exactly. Yeah. And to give you like, it just
0: maybe more of a direct example uh, Mm -hmm. of one I just had recently was dealing with a customer that was like, look, we've worked with one marketing agency in the past. They did well, but they owned our website and they owned our Google ads account. So that's like red flag Mm -hmm. times two. So they moved away from that partner and tried two other businesses, two other agencies that didn't work over the three to six months. And they're like, B, can you help us find another agency or partner? I was like, cool, yeah, no, I can help. As you dig into the business, though, you start understanding the founders. Like, oh, I want to really niche down. We are in the health space. We do cosmetic surgery and all this different kind of stuff. We want to create this like really high-end luxury type service. I'm not going to use the numbers or anything to protect their thoughts, but when they said something like that, I was like, okay, this changes because one is it? Do you want me to find you an agency that's just going to help you get you more leads based on what your current model is, or are you hyper niching into this like high-end service? And do you actually know if people actually want it, like? How big's your email list? Have you actually done the research? Have you done the surveys? Have you done the stuff to go? If we shift our entire strategy, which means we have to shift our entire messaging, and we have to fix the the website, and then we have to fix all of our ads, like you have to go through a whole process to change your service model to be niche. Have you done the research upfront to do that? And so I told them like you have two two ways to go about this. One, you either need to hire someone super strategic that can do the market research before you invest tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars into this to make sure it's the right path, or do you keep what you currently have and use that as a, an additional product line that you add in that 5% of your customer base might use, but you still have your core offering that's making you your seven figures a year currently? And so not a lot of people will do that. If you go to an agency, they, they'll just sell you their agency stuff. They're not going to tell you you need a strategic resource to figure out this next piece. They'll pretend they can do it, but they can't.
2: Yeah. I, no, I appreciate you really breaking that down. So uh, I wanted to, to drill down more and hear, hear a little bit more on something that you said um, that really resonated with me, where you said a lot of times the clients or the people that come to you think that they know what they want, but they don't actually know what they want. It's usually by having those conversations, drilling down more, you usually find that information. Do you find that's the case a lot where people hear buzzwords, they hear that the things that they should do, but When you actually have those conversations, it ends up being something else or maybe more refined or more drilled down. Do you find that happens a lot? So many, so many times. And a lot of the times it's like someone comes for one thing and they're like,
0: I just need SEO or I just need ads or I need like influencer marketing or just all these pieces. And when you dig into the business, you realize, hey, there's no bottom funnel strategy. There's no email marketing done no yeah we send out some flows okay then what do you do afterwards oh we send one newsletter out a month there's no strategy on this you're spending all this money on this top of funnel to bring people in and collect their emails but you haven't even segmented probably you're not even targeting people properly you haven't cross-selling properly there's so much missing in the overall funnel that when i start highlighting those things you go oh wow yeah no we don't know what we're doing and a lot of the times they don't even, there's no strategy even at the top end the whole system has to work together
2: yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. So do you feel like that's part of what I would call like your secret sauce? It can be for yourself, the business or a combination of both, but it's something that you feel like sets you apart and makes you unique. I, I almost wonder if it is that, I'm going to use the word holistic kind of outlook you have on business, whether you're talking with clients or even building your business. It sounds like you were able to see the forest for the trees and see that it's not just as one thing It's how are these things going to interconnect in order to reach your goal or sometimes when it's happening, not reach your goals and how to alleviate or fix that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One of my secrets in my business is I, everything that I do is typically long-term. Like i did all the long-term stuff first, before I started even thinking about any of the short-term stuff. When I'm talking like short-term stuff, I'm talking like LinkedIn, cold reach, outreach, like email outreach, like Google ads, Facebook ads. I don't even run ads yet, but I will be soon because now I actually have a funnel that I want to build into it. Cause I have a whole holistic strategy behind my email marketing stuff. That's giving business owners a lot of value. Like I was building the groundwork first. And that's also one of the reasons why I worked full-time for so long, right? Like I was running cgem in this for three and a half years. I was doing like 12 to 16 hour days and not taking a lot of weekend time to get cgem to where it was, but that's because I wanted to always think, okay, if I left my full-time job in, ter- in the middle of a recession, if I get hit, I want to have two to three years of runway without making any money. That allows me to play in the game longer. And so everything I do is long-term based. So my SEO, I do a ton of content. Like this podcast stuff is all content, right? But I do content on LinkedIn, on Facebook and all these different areas. And the way that I think about a lot of it is in two to three years, maybe even five years, One at one point, one of these flywheels is going to take a hit. And when it takes a hit, like that's what I've been working towards. And I've seen other people do it over and over and over again, where it takes them two to three years. And all of a sudden you go, oh, wow, you started with 3,000 LinkedIn followers. And then all of a sudden went to 8,000 and then 15. And then within three months, you're at 60,000, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just the flywheel takes effect. And then you just let it take control of what's happening. So you just have to have faith and do the right things for a long amount of time.
2: Yeah, that makes so much sense. So I wanted to switch gears a little bit. And I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or even a habit that you have. But what's something that makes you more effective and efficient?
0: One of the things that has made me super effective recently, and outside of I hired a business coach was really excellent. But the hypnosis aspect of the business coaching is actually probably something that has been the most transformative. And it's not a silver bullet because I've, I've done Five years of counseling before I've done business coaching, I've done leadership courses, all this different kind of stuff. But the hypnosis feels like it's bringing everything together and it really helps you move. I know a lot of business owners have a whole scarcity mindset. They're always trying to move out into a growth mindset. It's one of those things that I think has done the most shifts for me into getting into a, a much more like growth and opportunity mindset and taking the, the punches that business will throw at you way, like you're just kind of like, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, got hit again. Uh, and you just like your up way faster than you used to be.
2: Yeah. And that resiliency, uh, I, I think, uh, I, I forgot it is Carolyn Dreck, I believe, that wrote the book about how powerful real resilience is in business. So what would you consider to be what I call more of a CEO nugget? A little bit more word of wisdom or piece of advice. It's something that you might tell a, a fellow partner, an agency owner, somebody you're, you're partnering with, or if you were to hop into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self.
0: The biggest advice is as a CEO or just any type of business owner is that you need to build up your resilience and your grit. You need to do stuff that you don't want to do and you need to keep doing it until your brain gets comfortable with that. It's the same thing with uncertainty. I think the, the most wisest people are the people that are comfortable in uncertainty. That's what it takes to get through business is knowing that you're comfortable in uncertainty. So grit, being comfortable in uncertainty would be the two things I'd work on the most as CEOs.
2: Yeah. And those things are so powerful as we kind of talking about, like they end up building strong foundational layers. So now I want to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And our goal is to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So what does being a CEO mean to you? Being a CEO for me is running a business that I'm really, really proud of, that does good work. And
0: also I'm helping enable the people that are working in my company to also do what makes them happy.
2: Nice. I love that definition, especially that word enable. Um, I truly appreciate that definition being. And of course, I appreciate your time even more. So what I want to do now is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get out of you and find out about all the awesome things that you're working on. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: If anyone does want to reach out to me, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So uh, bid Jamshidi, you'll be able to find me there. If you ever want to get in contact going through my website, you can book a call. You can find my email. And if you want at the bottom of www.cjammarketing.com, if you go to the footer, there's a resource section on questions that you should be asking agencies when you're hiring them. It's a free resource. Feel free to grab it there. And yeah, that's it. It's the best way to contact me and stay in contact with me.
2: Awesome. 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 Well, to make it even easier, we're of course going to have the links and information in the show notes as well too so that everybody can follow up with you. Uh, But be truly appreciative of all the awesome things you're doing. So thank you so much, my friend, and I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for having me and some great questions. Have a great rest of the day.
1: Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.